0: Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Two Bros Talking Sports podcast. We are your hosts, Sam Butts, along with my stepbrother, Travis Dion. And we have sports. We are uh, weekend deep. We have uh, almost teams. I know teams are still finishing up, wrapping up their first series uh, of the, the the, the regular season for the MLB. And right around the corner, we got scrimmages happening. Uh, like we've been watching and keeping Hawkeye watching focus like we've never watched scrimmages in our life in the NBA and just around the corner August 1st we have the NHL coming back and just so much more Travis how you doing how's this week been going this weekend I'm sure it's been exciting uh, what have you been watching what are you excited to talk about
1: yeah sports are back which is which is great Wednesday night was uh, you know what my, honestly the highlight of the week I think was Fauci's first pitch and just how atrocious it was <laughs> um i was kind of hoping he he'd do okay with it but god it was remnant of 50 cents. but yeah it was it was really bad um but yeah it was, it was good to see sports and all you know i think it's kind of funny that there was all this hype and then the yankees get rained out opening night um granted they did count the game because it went six innings but still so was that not, not the most 20, sports?
0: was that not the most 2020 episode the 2020 thing that happened was the first game to get Although I will say what I liked about it, being the Yankee fan I am, hey, we don't have to restart this game because they didn't get past seven innings. Like we can just call it a game, move on. We got sixty games. We got to make it all the way through. So I'm happy about that as a Yankee fan.
1: Certainly, certainly, certainly. But yeah, it's been good. I mean, like we talked about previously with a sixty-game season, it's a sprint. So you know, you start one and two at out of one sixty-two. That's not as bad. But you start one and two, one and four at over sixty games. You're kinda of already putting yourself in a little bit of a hole. So, but I guess it'll be a little bit of an equalizer because I think a lot of teams, you know, there's not gonna be many 6-0 teams, they're gonna be a lot of three and two, two and three teams. So it'll uh it'll be interesting, but I think it's at this point it's just a battle of attrition to see if we can make it to the entire sixty game sprint.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I know you've been paying attention more to the NBA side, especially the Celtics. Um, and I have just been watching and diving into baseball and really enjoying just having that on TV all the freaking time, especially on the West Coast. Um, but let's dive into the MLB first. Let's talk about them coming back, uh, how we feel that the, the you know, the comeback and everything that, you know, we, we sort of um, talked into leading into the season, the things that could have gone right, the things that could have gone wrong, uh, how it's kicked off, maybe something about Obviously, our teams, the, the Red Sox, the Yankees, as far as uh, teams in broad, but I, I think you, you nailed it. Hey, it's all about a fast start. Baseball, with that many games on a full regular season, 162 games, uh, a bunch of managers have talked about in the past, where you're just trying to obviously come to a, a, a level of, of performance, you know, and, and maintain that all the way across, knowing that there's going to be the, the struggles. There's going to be the little stretches where it's tough. Now you can condense that your, your ramp up period into this new, new off season, which we'll talk about too. Um, you have to be firing right away, knowing that at some point in the 60 games, se- you know, season, you're probably going to have a little bit of a fall off, drop a couple c- series in a row, whatever it is, but you need to be ramping up, especially with this three game play in sort of first round where they're opening up to even more teams. Um, so yeah, where do you want to start off first in this? You want to go our teams, or you want to go the league in, in, in broad?
1: Well, I mean, if you talk about our teams, quote unquote, the Red Sox, I think they're already screwed because their pitching staff sucks. Um, <laughs> I mean, their offense clearly—you know, their opening game; we can win thirteen to two. But both yesterday, where they're down five nothing after one inning, and then today they're down you know six to one after three innings—it really puts themselves in a hole. Um, like I said, they do have a pretty powerful offense. All, you know, J.D. Martinez in the two holes is an interesting move. very different move for them. Andrew Benintendi, I think, is 0 for 8, 0 for 9 to start the season. So that's, that's not what you wanted, your leadoff hitter. But they do have a chance because of their offense, ultimately, though, I think their pitching staff is just going to screw them over. Because, you know, you had Erod, who had a breakout year last year, and he's dealing with COVID stuff where he's come out and said, you know, he's had some heart stuff come come up with that which is very scary um so he's kind of been shut down indefinitely but on the whole i mean personally i'm as a baseball fan if i do watch any of these games i just want to see as many blue jays games just because i like watching you know <laughs> the shit and the
0: buffalo Bruce, blue jays
1: the buffalo blue jays you know it's, 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 it's such a funny that like Toronto doesn't want it. i get thrown so you know they're having an the bubble there so that makes
0: yeah, um, well, I mean, as far as the young dudes on on Toronto, it's too bad they're sort of like on the island for Misfit Toys right now, um, because they are going to be a team that I really hope uh, we get to see. I hope they don't really compete against you know the Yankees, you know, selfishly. But all in all, I think uh, you know talking about the Red Sox, I, I just feel like we're in a little bit of a limbo area. Um, I'm not sure quite if they're buying into a full rebuild, if they are. Feeling like or whatever it is, you, you know, especially with a couple of days before the season started, we saw Mookie Betts signing um, a very large contract. He's not hurting in the bank uh, anymore if he was before. And uh, what what are your thoughts on that? The the structure of the Red Sox going forward. What do you think? Is it is it Mookie just didn't want to be there? Maybe he didn't enjoy the the direction that the team was going with uh, GM and, and you know the, the upper management or uh, do you think the Red Sox were just not going to offer him contract, and and, and they just thought let's get some value for him, uh, even though it's probably not the amount of value that he's worth?
1: Honestly, I, I don't know. I think there's I feel like there's a variety of factors. One, you figure Mookie is pretty much the face of the franchise one's Big popular, retired. You know, all things considered. They have obviously JD Martinez, you know, they have Chris Sale, but Mookie Betts is, you know, face of the franchise, the Red Sox at the time. Um, and you saw this big contract demand, which to me, what was it, 420 million he wanted, which I think that would be one of the richest, if not a trout setting's a little bit higher. Um, but I think I just don't think you want to be there. You don't say I want 420 million dollars, knowing full well the Red Sox probably aren't gonna give you that. I mean, what did you get from the Dodgers? 365, which it's a lot of money. Obviously, it's just a ridiculous amount of money, but it's a, it's a big difference. So I do think ultimately, you know, in the back of his head, let's throw out this wild number knowing full well that they're not going to give me it. And I can say, look, this is what I wanted. They wouldn't pay me that. Trade me. Um,
0: I guess I'm just a little confused because it, it, if, if it really was a, you know, baseball is the one, one sport for, you know, apparently it's the, you know, everyone wants to say it's the dying sport. It's on its way out, all that stuff, but they still are able to pay these players, <laughs> bar none, better than anybody else, give players a lot of uh, uh, safety in their, their future um, if they're negotiating right. The Red Sox are obviously a team that can pay anybody, anytime. They have the money. They're not a franchise that, that should be able to shy away you know, and say, oh, we just didn't have the money. They have the money. Um, so that's a little interesting to me. So it makes me feel that the, the Red Sox just didn't have any – plans for him and I maybe maybe Mookie just had that maybe it was just a mutual feeling you know they both were like hey this isn't going to work in the long term let's just move on now um, so that's just it's just an interesting thing to me um, here I texted you this uh, about these monster you see it all the time in baseball obviously it's it's very relative to the times as far as how much money is being offered I remember back when uh, you know the, the, the A-Rod signing with the Yankees Was just this, or even with the the Rangers, was like this massive, massive amount of money. Now it's like, oh, it's mid-range, you know, top-tier mid-range. How I was trying to think, and we don't have to have an answer per se, but like thirteen-year contract, you're you gotta you're signing that knowing that you're going to get what maybe. Hopefully eight years, maybe of, yeah. of good potential, and then what? Are are how many of these deals do we see that either they're traded and they're just kind of bouncing around for a while, and the teams are just kind of trying to take the hit, or um or they get injured? You know, like I I, th- I think of like a not that he signed this type of money, but Jacoby Ellsbury. You know, when the Yankees got him, it's like as soon as they got him, he got it got a couple great seasons, and then it's just the injury battle. And of course, you don't you he hate to see league. that well <laughs> is he is he Travis <laughs> is he really in the league yeah. um he's still getting paid like he's in the league and that's what I wanted to say is like who's the closest we, we're not going to find somebody who's a perfect balance between who's signed a mega contract deal relative to the times as far as the money and inflation goes and then as well as produced almost the entire contract at that level um that they what about about pablo
1: sandoval he was
0: a good one hey that's not fair that's not fair i'm not joining on this bandwagon hey he can hey he can do whatever he wants he's still in the the league now he's a first
1: baseman but jesus he is huge
0: moving around the infield a little bit rolling around the infield um i'm trying to think because i i as a yankee fan i i went through hey a-rod did produce he did but the last couple of years were like, wow, as a fan, I'm like, I can't wait until his, his contract's up. And I felt bad thinking that, but it was sort of how I felt. I think you see it with the Angels, with Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols is so respected in the league, and everyone, he is Hall of Famer, absolutely. But you got to think, like, you got a dude, you're paying a bunch of money, DA, you know, bottom of the lineup now six you know six seven guy in the, the order you don't know what you're gonna get hopefully you get a little power pop out of them but at this point you're sort of just counting down The maybe I could be wrong but you're just kind of counting down okay let's open up a little room for us to to make some even more room even more room more run and, and Angels is someone I want to talk about too about maybe playoff picture with the expanded uh playoffs but Who can you think of? Anybody you can think of off the top of your head? Again, we don't need an answer.
1: Honestly, I really
0: can't. I mean,
1: I I think when you ask this question, I think about the players who you come to mind of these major contracts currently. You know, you got obviously Giancarlo Stanton, who remains to be seen. How Hill Age obviously looks really good this year. He's already got two home runs and three games. He's already got more
0: RBIs than last year.
1: Yeah, so pretty damn good. Um, But you think about, I, I think off the top of my head right now, most recent ones, you got Trout, you got Bryce Harper and now Mookie. I don't think Mookie's going to age well because he's too damn small. You know, he's not going to – I mean, like you said, eight years, I, I, Dodgers get six out of him, maybe 33, 34 at that point. He's already 27. Harper, to me, I feel like is – and granted, he's a much better hitter, but I feel like he's ultimately just going to become Chris Davis. Like, the dude just strikes out a shit ton, eventually hits a ball, goes like 500 feet, like, oh, he can still do it, but then he strikes out like 48 times in a row. I think Bryce Harper's ultimately going to age to that a little bit. Where's can I inter- I want to yeah. interrupt
0: on that. First off, Davis, who's still in the league. Um, I, I, how? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like maybe there's a, a, a guilt. It's like, you know, we're paying this guy this much. He better be playing. He can go out there and not even touch the ball, and he'll still be on the lineup every day. And he's playing for the Orioles, so that's helping his cause a little bit. Um, yeah. I'm going to disagree, respectfully disagree on that one. I think Bryce Harper is – way more valuable than people um, want to give him credit for. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's it's sort of how he plays or um, because he was – I don't know. He's always like the opposite of Trout um, because they kind of came up at the same time on the scene. I I don't know. I respectfully disagree on that one, but I can see your point. I I understand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then Trout, I think it's just going to be – He'll always be let's be real I mean everyone breaks down as they get older but baseball of all sports you're not gonna be a five tool player anymore but you can still be a valuable piece I think Trout just has that where he's such a good hitter because he can control the entire plate that even if he's not hitting 35 40 home runs a year you know he's still hitting for average he's still you know playing baseball the way people are meant to play moving people over and stuff so I don't know what it'll look like as a fielder but it's just it is absurd. You figure these contracts that they hand out are such large sums of money, but, like, is it necessary to give them a freaking 13-year deal? Like, yeah, you want them there for the rest of their career, but, like, dude, is, like, I feel like there should be a 10-year cap. There doesn't need to be a salary cap, per se, but there should be a, a term cap. Can't sign anyone than 10 years. That's it. That's it. Can't go over 10. <laughs> so, Mookie Betts just signed, what, a 12-year contract? He's going
0: to be 39 years old. you think Mookie Betts is going to look like Mookie Betts at 39 years old? Of course not, and that's why we were asking this question. But he's still going to be making what thirty million dollars a year. I know. And this we we talked about this right before we started recording. Is um, you mentioned Trout, I, I I've I've loved the guy since he's gotten the league. Um, I don't know if there's any. Yeah, we, we it's easy to go around the league and say Mookie, the, the Harpers, the Giancarlos, all those these top players that emerging in the league. But I don't. I feel like there's no other sport where everybody's kind of mutually in agreement um, to say, Hey, who's the best player in baseball? Yeah. It's Mike Trout. No question. And then who, you know, uh, basketball, obviously is it, uh, you know, is LeBron James still the best player or is it Antetokounmpo? Kumbo? Is it the beard? Is it, or you go across the NHL even harder. I feel like, um, but well, MLB, you look at CBS some of these
1: big contracts and like just doing a quick, like top, largest contracts in history. And going down the list, like, just up, so far, this is what they list. Miguel Cabrera, I would argue. Niggy, and-
0: He's one of my favorite baseball players of all time, though.
1: No, I will tell oh, yeah. you. But, again, he, he had a steep fall off. And, obviously, some of that was due to injuries. But he was just
0: – One of the greatest him.
1: hitters we've ever yeah. seen in our lifetimes. And that doesn't look anywhere near to be in shape when he's doing it. Looks so weird all the time. Pujols, which, again, during his heyday, was one of the most feared hitters in the game. A-Rod was A-Rod. Then you got Trout Harper. Manny Machado, which, to me, that was a sign of, you know, best player available in free agency. is The jury's number. still out. The jury's definitely still out. And then it's pitchers. Max Scherzer, longevity there. It's just unreal. I don't know how he does it. David Price, I would argue, not worth the money. Giancarlo, again, Clayton Kershaw, one of the better pitchers of all time. Robinson Cano, I think injuries really hurt him. But...
0: He was one of my favorite to watch. Obviously, as a Yankee fan, but like one of the silkiest, smoothest swings, and uh, his hands at second base are just uh, are absolutely insane.
1: And then you got Grinky, which uh, he's Uh he's a weird player to talk about. He like he's been really good, but he's also like, "Uh, is that Grinky? And he had Uh those one those two years where he's like, dude, no one could hit him whatsoever. Nolan Arenado, which. I feel like if someone says Nolan Arenado, the casual sports fans like, who the hell's that? Garrett Cole, which is obviously the most recent big contract right there. That's a big contract too. Just looking at some of these contracts, you forget the A-Rod. How much money do
0: you think A-Rod made in his career? Almost like
1: five hundred million dollars. Oh,
0: absolutely. What was his highest? His highest, I think, was like two hundred and fifty million. He had deal a ten-year two hundred
1: seventy-five million dollar contract with the Yankees, and I think a 10 ten-year two fifty-two with the Rangers, which those overlapped. Mm-hmm. So regardless, he made close to probably four hundred eighty to $500 million playing baseball.
0: You know, That's insane. That, it's, that's, it's truly insane. I was uh, trying to buy the Mets. I
1: don't know why. But anyone would anyone want to buy the Mets? It's only because he's staying in jail. Well, there's a whole a lot, lot of people are, are trying to buy I think that's the
0: reason. Do you think there's like – I feel like a bunch of – oh, that opened up the door. Like, hey, I want to buy a team. So all these guys are now – all these athletes are like, hey, let's get a little stake ownership in the team or this ownership in this team. Why would you yeah.
1: want to buy the Mets?
0: you're in New York. Yeah,
1: I mean, you're in the night.
0: You're in the, you're in the, uh, the Queens part of New York too. Yeah. You're, you know? you're,
1: you're in New York quote unquote, but I don't know, man.
0: So I do I like Pete Alonso; He's a fun one to watch. He All is. Just, and, he's just me and potatoes, man. And, and, and obviously I didn't really touch on the, on the Yankees as of to say, you know, I, this weekend kind of went off the way I expected of him. Uh, Cole did his job. Obviously he was cut off short, but, dominant him and Scherzer kind of dueling it out uh I love watching you know Scherzer I know he let up an absolute moonshot to uh Giancarlo but that the reason he does that is because a pitcher like Scherzer in the top pitchers these guys are so confident that they are better than you they're they're better than the person they're facing that they don't shy away from a challenge and if the hitter guesses right and they get a hold of it so be it but there's a reason that he's only only he's only letting up like one run shots, maybe the occasional two run shots because there's usually not runners on base. Cause he's striking out the side, like every freaking, you know, other ending. So yeah, um, that was fun to watch. Uh, I am obviously it's encouraging to see Stanton, uh, you know, judge. I feel like there was a race to put judge as the face of like the NBA or one of the faces of the MLB. And yeah, he he, he has the power. He's an intimidating guy to face. I'm sure no pitcher likes to face him, but it'll be interesting. I want to see how this plays out. Cause it, it, I could be wrong. I know he just signed uh, arbitration or he, he signed an arbitration this past off season. He's getting up there in age as far as 28. Um, that's not old by any, like, is he 28? Yeah, 28 years old. I would not guess that. I, could swear yeah.
1: to
0: I checked it out. Um, I could be wrong. You know, Google might have led me astray or Wikipedia. They, they told us back in the day not to use them as sources. Oh, yeah. um, wow, he is 28
1: years old. Not 28 years that. old.
0: And so that's, that's going to be interesting to follow. I am in love with Torres. Um, He's good, man. Gleyber Torres is going to be – he is. He already was a stud. I think they showed uh, – actually talking about A-Rod. I think A-Rod at 22 years old hit 42 home runs – and towards the season, he was he hit 38 home runs. I think he had an absurd amount off the Orioles, like 15 or something. Um, thank you, A.L. East. But as far as that goes, he is the guy that I am so excited to see him develop. I know he's excited, he loves being in New York. Um, not to mention how New York acquired him is back when they traded. <laughs> rolled his Chapman to the Cubs, and the Cubs had to win the World Series. They had to, yeah. like, they absolutely had. The Red Sox already did. They're like, shit, we got to do this, and so they we got, you know, the Yankees got them uh, Torres and that, and then we're all is like, all right, Yankees, let's go. Um, got his ring. He's out. So very encouraging there. Uh, Paxton, I, he, he he had a tough go yesterday, only lasting just under two. Um, I'm okay with that. He, you know, he's a big lefty uh he's a guy you need in the lineup uh was
1: he the one who had hand foot mouth disease last
0: year the pitching staff's a little more oh, nelson cruz don't forget him don't forget him four for five two one runs two two doubles today Not bad um but and he's old yeah too now. I, I know he is uh The Washington Nationals kind of struck a tough go for this first series. Um, uh, We saw some COVID hit them. We saw Strasburg out um, for his second start due to uh, some pain in the elbow, I believe. So, yeah, a little bit going on there. But all in all, I am impressed. You know, we I guess kind of end this. If there's any storylines you want to touch on, no, but. I'm impressed. The way that it started off, baseball was always going to be the one that was most doubtful for me. And so far, so I think the players look happy. Um, the, everyone involved looks real, really happy to be back. Um, and I think it's just good to see it.
1: No, I mean, it is good. And it's like I, if we talked about this ad nauseum. I think they're going to lament the fact that they could have been doing this two months ago and had no, nothing but... Everyone's, everyone's eyes on them because now they're going to be competing with NHL playoffs and NBA playoffs within the next two weeks here. Not to mention training camps in the NFL start next week too. So
0: back to Keep competing against eye. these guys. where Keep an eye out on that. Summer, but. Oh, sorry. I forgot to mention that bef- between since we talked to the last and now, um, baseball did come out and agree to an expanded playoffs. And how it's working is it's going to be kind of a crapshoot. Your team could go 60-0. and 0 and have two bad games and be out of it. So um, I guess it's a little more forgiving during this, obviously during this 60 game season that if you didn't play all that well, I'm interested to see teams like the Angels who are competing every year against like Houston and competing against some of these teams that it's just really tough to be that spot, be that card team, be that, that position. Hey, they have an, a doors opening up for them opportunity wise. I think uh, in any league, the best players, you got to have them in the playoffs. And hopefully this is a chance for someone like the the Angels. Um, Obviously, around the league is a little more forgiving. But once you get to that spot, I don't care what you did in this season, you better have two wins in three games. Um, And I guess as a a fan, we'll take that in stride. But it does bring a little anxiety to think about. It's like, man, you could play so, so well. And you just have a night. You just have one of those nights. And then you're down one, and you got to win two out of one, you know, two out of uh, two, and and that's a tough thing to do. So, it'll be interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, I will uh, definitely be interested to see how it shakes out for everyone involved.
0: Yeah. Well, let's switch gears. Let's go to NBA. I know you've been revving and rearing to go, talking about this section. You've actually been watching a lot of these scrimmages live, uh, as I've been watching more of the the highlight reel. Uh, but talk to me about the NBA what you've seen so far, and uh, we'll go off on a couple uh, tangents on this one, too. A
1: little bit sloppy, as to be expected when you don't play basketball for three and a half months. Um, you know, watching some of the Celtics game, they're terrible against uh, OKC, just getting torn up by everyone there. But they looked really good tonight, uh, watching them against Phoenix, which, again, it's Phoenix, so they, they're not great. But... Um, I think the biggest thing takeaway here is that everyone's healthy. No one's really gotten hurt. Save a few, like Anthony Davis getting poked in the eye. Um, <laughs> you know that's a minor injury. All things considered, so that's the biggest thing to take away from this. You got most teams at this point have already played two scrimmages, so they got one more left. And then Thursday big show, man. Zion's back in the bubble, so I'm hoping that he is cleared from quarantine and can actually play on uh, Thursday night against Utah. And then you got Lakers Clippers, which is even more exciting. So, I mean, hey, Lou, William yeah, Lou Williams,
0: Lou William-less, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you can go, you can go look up that news, um, his gentleman club, but uh, yeah, Zion's back, excited about that. Um, any players, so, so let's talk about this, let's start, we'll start this with the Celtics and then we'll go around the league and maybe we can pick out a few players that, that we want to identify that we might fit this this topic of discussion but this break this pandemic break the 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 amount of time that was it it can almost act as an off season as far as preparing and what we see is the jumps that first and second year players are making into that next that next level so they get that first year under their belt or that second year even and they get that sense of competition where they need to be to compete and have an impact in the game. And so that next following year, they come back and they're really just development-wise at another level. So let's start with the Celtics, um, you know, first, I guess, maybe second-years players. Guys that we think, hey, might have had some impact during this past season as far as a, a super role player. But someone that might have a potential to be like a playoff impactful uh, role player that we might see the ball in their hands uh, in meaningful minutes during a game.
1: Well, look at the Southwest rookies. I don't think – maybe Tremont Waters if Kemba has, you know, some flare-ups, I think he'll get a chance above all else because Carson Edwards still can't figure out how to put a ball in the basket, which is so surprising to me because he's so good at Purdue. Um, but I think the biggest one, and he actually played today, he didn't play the first scrimmage because he had a stomach virus thing going on, which Brad seems like everyone' ears go up if he's out <sighs> sick, but he's okay. Uh, But he played today. looked really good. Again, mind you, it's against the Phoenix Suns and their backups, but um, it's Romeo Langford, It's a big one that I think, especially, you know, Gordon was already announced that when, or if and when his his wife has their first son, which is sometime in September, which could put the Celtics smack dab in, you know, first or second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs, um, they may call upon someone like Langford to, you know, fill some of those minutes. So, it's really important that he has a shit figured out, and then he stays healthy, and then he's able to play. Um, and he did play really well today. Looks decisive, you know. He did really well in the year when he played in terms of the defensive end. wasn't really much. He was pretty net negative on offense, for him. Um, but defensively was always in position, active hands. You know, he's very athletic. Even though he, he's a weird, he's like an awkwardly athletic dude. Like he doesn't look smooth when he's doing shit, but he's pretty good. Like Jalen Brown, like Jalen Brown's super athletic, but some of his movements are like, all right, they're not like, Tatum is just so finesse. Um, so it is, uh, it's important for him to have that development. And then also Grant Williams, I was uh yeah. watching and, you know, if he can even hit, you know, one out of three, three corners he shoots, that's great because he went 25 games in a row when he started without any. So people just kind of just said, all right, dude, take the shot. we we'll just get the rebound. So that's huge in the playoffs. All of a sudden, they can play basically four and five, like keep them on the perimeter. So um, you need those two guys to be able to contribute so that Stevens is comfortable going to them in the playoffs and like playing them in meaningful, impactful minutes. So um, that's huge. But you know, you see some of these situations around the league. You know, I were talking before Bowl Bowl, which I think is just a flashing fan more so than he's going to be an actual contributor from playoff time. I think he's more a product of the fact that they had, you know, five of their regular rotation guys out of the lineup. Um, but it, you know, it's fun to watch him play. Dude can definitely ball. It's just, again, it's like summer league and exhibition games. And then, like, you see these things in the summer, like, oh, this is going to be great. Carson Edwards had, what, like 38 points in the preseason one game? Now he can't hit a shot. and his life depended on it. So, you really don't know. But it is exciting that, you know, he's a piece that could be fun to watch in the future. I just don't think he'll do anything after these exhibition games. Though people seem to think, think he will.
0: I think there's some telling yeah. signs yeah. of – potential you know like you said in the summer league you're never going to really get um yeah you're going to have rookies go out there and ball that you're not going to see them do for the rest of the year uh, but at the same time you do get a, a solid sense of what some of these guys um, might look like or maybe just a, a view into their confidence um you know or, uh, where they might be psychologically you know someone like uh grant williams where i know yeah performance wise but at least he's you know he's an older guy he's a, he's had a, obviously a few more years of development in college um and you know maybe he has an opportunity to use that to his advantage as far as some experience goes but yeah definitely you know the the Celtics are in definitely a, a position where they're going to mainly re- be relying on their uh Guys who aren't their first or second year in the league, which is a good thing to to, to have, um, if you're going to make a deep run. Um, but let's go around the league too. Uh, I'm I am really excited to see guys like the John Morant, who is already stellar, but now like a chance to see maybe potentially what that could look like. Zion, even I know he didn't have a full full first half of the or first half of the season there, but he's already looks unbelievably dominant it's like maybe he just had a sense of okay I got a little bit of a uh, an idea of what this is going to be like day to day okay now I can develop on that and see what he brings to the table obviously we're not sure what that looks like him returning to the bubble and then uh, yeah there's no question in my mind uh, the best players are the best players I think Luca is going to be a a guy who could be one of the most fun people to watch uh, returning here Uh, Not that he wasn't already one of the most fun to watch, but just development-wise, again, you almost treat it like another offseason. You give this guy another offseason, it's just going to take him to another level. There's no question in my mind. I think LeBron James, he's taken all of these seriously. He is the best player in the league. Uh, I'm not going to take that off his back. And uh, I love the little gray coming on his beard. He means business. I think he's ready for uh, a deep postseason run which always makes basketball better. Whether you hate them or love them, um, it just makes it better. So, uh, yeah, any guys you're looking forward to watching as we come back? I don't know that I have
1: any players that I'm looking forward to watching necessarily. I'm more just interested, and in obviously, like you said, you haven't watched many of the scrimmages, just so some of the highlights. But, like, we're, I was watching the game today, and, you know, they were shooting free throws, and you could hear a, a cricket or a pin drop. It was so damn quiet. You know, whereas – any other game, you get fans yelling at the opposing team trying to shoot a free throw or, you know, dead silence waiting for them to hit the bucket. Um, so, I'll be interested to see if, like, what the – I mean, obviously, people are going to get up for this and the compete factor is going to be there. But, like, what type of environment is it going to be like Whereas you see, now there's some of these plays, you have some alley-oops and, like, everyone on the bench is like, oh, well, like
0: – The benches get, are cool. Dude, Don't get me wrong. The benches yeah, are, are cool. Like,
1: cool. It's pretty cool how they set it up. But – Again, I will be interested to see what the actual atmosphere is like when these games actually mean something, you know, when it's not an exhibition game and these guys aren't done after halftime or, you know, and they're they're playing their bench units here. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they shake this thing out and what type of environment they create for these players. Obviously, I think most of these guys have the internal drive to go out there and want to beat everyone. But, like everyone, they they thrive in a crowd. So, they they use that noise to their advantage. Some of these moments Jason Tatum this year – where, you know, him hitting these big shots and the crowd's going nuts, you know. So And that's for everyone. LeBron's the same way.
0: Well, that's it. You're going to have to feed on internal and external factors. Um, and, and at some points, the balance sort of shifts. Now we're just turning it completely, almost completely. Obviously, like you said, there's the energy from your team, the energy from the crowd, energy of the moment. You know, once you, hey, you get the ball in the hands, last second shot, it's always going to be, you know, I, I can go out in the driveway and pretend like it's a last second shot and still – get myself in a state that's like, hey, this means something, even if it doesn't. So that's another question. But, yeah, the, the, the balance between the internal-external motivations have completely shifted into internal. And it's not going to be that way forever, but that's where you're going to have to see, hey, the greatest athletes in the world are the ones who, because the, the, the play differential isn't all that different, you know, all that much. We talk about this in the NHL. Like the best players, you know, uh, someone like Brian Dumoulin, who we grew up playing with, he is a phenomenal hockey player. He is a great NHL hockey player. But then you have the Ovechkins. Then you have the, you know, yeah, their 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 phys- their actual skill level might be a little bit higher. But there's a mentality. There is just a uh, that's unmatched. It's a championship mentality. And so we're gonna really see the the ex the internal drive, the internal motivation. Um, can you? play meaning can you make it meaningful you know if you're coming up and then that crowd feeds into you can you switch it in internally get yourself to that moment and not have any point of that entire game uh where you're lax where you need a chance to kind of get into it um so but I, during the scrimmages you see it you saw Kawhi shoot like 0 for eight and like two for something you know it's gonna oh, yeah. happen uh, early on when especially scrimmages not not all that much uh excitement there um, has there been any talks about? So I actually want to ask you that about MLB. Have you have you noticed, or, or what are your thoughts on the crowd pumping, the crowd noise? Um, is that something NBA has ever talked about at all?
1: I don't know. I'm not sure if they're going to do that. I know they have like the virtual scoreboards with like fan reactions, um, and obviously NBA is a different environment. We you, you have some music, you know, music's kind of playing typically during some of these moments in games, which will help a little bit. Um, but I don't know. It's such a – it's almost like an AAU, AAU gym setup that they have. You know, it's not this big arena. They've cut out all the stands and just mm-hmm. kind of condensed it. So, you know, you are kind of all on top, top of each other. So that will be fun. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, I – to my knowledge, they haven't put anything out about this is what it's going to look like come playoffs for the viewing experience. You'll see different camera angles. I know the NHL has kind of talked about that and how it will look different for the NHL. Um, mm-hmm.
0: But the NBA hasn't, which is okay. We'll see how it goes. Which um, they were joking around. Uh, this might have been actually before our, our last episode that we talked about. But the, the barbershop that they had, all the players were talking about how it was literally NBA 2K neighborhood. This is, how, this is as close as we're living in simulation because all these players are in a bubble. They're all in this 2K world, and they're literally showing up at the gym. Hey, you guys want to ball out? Yeah, let's do it. And they get a pickup game, and they perform. But uh, just luckily luckily for us, uh, none of these players are starting at, like, 49 overall and can't freaking hit a layup like your guy when you try to create a guy in the 2K, which is so frustrating. But uh, it's very cool. Obviously, storylines are going to keep coming, and it's just ramping up. We're seeing better basketball. We're seeing the stars come out. And it's just, yeah, I think it's lining up for a really cool kickoff. Uh, let's, uh, are you good there? You want to touch on anything else?
1: No, I think, I mean, just segueing into the league. The big news, obviously, has been NBA and um, MLB this week. NHL, very minor um, in terms of them moving on. But yeah, those are the big ones for the NBA. Starting a we're going to actually have games that count and see if there's something standing up on Friday night where they can beat Milwaukee. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Celtics-Milwaukee, we're looking forward to that. Um, hey, you got to beat the best to be the best, and we'll find out right away uh, what that looks like. Let's let's touch on the NHL real quick. Okay, start date first. That's right around the corner. Um, not much news this week, which is good. Uh, you can t- fill us in as far as uh, maybe the latest on Pasternak. Obviously, that's the storyline that we're really following as Bruin fans. Um, as far as test numbers, we had, I think it was like, two in phase three of the the testing protocols there's like two out of 2800 over like 600 players tested so that's a great sign uh to to get us back in the swing of things but uh talk to us about any story storylines maybe pasternak and uh we'll we'll kind of leave it at that
1: yeah i mean the biggest thing for the Bruins right now is that pasternak is not practiced whatsoever in training camp so we talked about this last week and you know, he hasn't practiced yet and then this following week he, he continue to not practice, Uh, but Bruce Cassidy to come out and say he was hopeful that he would travel with the team. It's now, what, 5.45 East Coast time, and we got no news as to when they're flying out and whether or not he made the flight. Same thing with Andre Kasha, who I said, you know, is probably arguably more important for the Bruins than Pasternak in terms of being able to be that secondary scoring, because we all know Pasternak's going to come back as mean as he is normal self. Um, So I don't know if there's even debate whether he's even going to be able to travel with the team, and nothing's come out as to what's going on with his situation besides Unfit to participate, but um, in regards to every other team in the NHL, there's been no news, which is good. Bruins sucks for us, unfortunately, that we had this pass thing going on, but otherwise, everyone's ready to go to you know Edmonton and Toronto, respectively, and resume play a week from yesterday. In terms of counting, there'll be exhibition games yeah. later.
0: There was one day uh, earlier this week where you saw the unable to perform list of <laughs> Bruins, and you're like, oh boy. Um, yep. But I think that was more uh, like you saw with baseball lead up where, hey, let's give these guys some off days if they really need it. If there's anything happening, you know, uh, God forbid that you still get the common cold or something like that. Um, they're just not taking any chances, as you know, nor should they. And and the pursue of starting this thing off and getting uh, as smooth as possible. So I, I think everything's trending good. If, as we mentioned last, year, last week and we stated, hey, if there's anyone who can just jump right into a team, right, right back into the swing of things may, without much rust at all, is, is someone like Patrick at that level top of the game. Um, and so for the NHL, like we said, not much news is good news right now as we're leading up here just uh, – what is it? Was it today? The 25th, 26th? 25th. Yeah, we're right around the corner here um, of 26th. So uh, we're, we're. – this is unbelievable. We talk. We're going to have a – going on more now. Let's do our, our. – We'll Given uh, from the start of the season. Um, uh, you know, tram's reporting. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to keep talking. Um, yeah, it's, we have a little ad going on in the
1: recording here. Um, yeah. NFL training camps are coming back. So that's good. That's NFL. We don't need to dive too much in the NFL because it's a lot you can talk about, but that might be an episode for next week. Um, but the fact that we're actually going to see some competition between Stidham and, and Newton, you're actually have some players reporting. So exciting that the NFL kind of figured their shit out for lack of a better word and uh, is actually making it work.
0: Absolutely. Um, while we were talking, and I know we t- already covered baseball, uh, Travis, I don't know if you saw it on your phone or anything like that. Uh, Verlander's done for the year. Astros running ACL, uh, AL Cy Young, he's uh, done with an elbow injury. So that's a big, big loss for an Astros team that, let me say, if there was an – not that they, they wanted a pandemic, but based on their actual offseason um, – to come, you know, to, to shift the news and not even having talking a point of what happened to the national or the Astros, as far as the sign ceiling goes and all that stuff drew some attention away. Uh, that's a big loss for him. Um, so that, that was an interesting one to see come up on my phone.
1: Yeah, it is a big loss for Houston. I couldn't name another picture on their roster so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's okay when your offense is that good. Um, but Uh, Anything else around the uh, the sports world, anything storyline, even outside of that, entertainment wise, uh, that you're following or looking forward to this week? Uh, Obviously, we know one one big game that you're looking forward to this week that I am as well. Um, But go ahead and and fill us in what this this next week might look like and what you're excited about.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully we get some highlights from Patriots camp. I don't know if there's actually any live practices early on the week, more so probably just playbook stuff and meetings. Um, so that will be interesting to see if anything like that comes out. Um, you know, see which player blows out their ACL two week, two days in a training camp across the league. See what happens there. Um, I, I kid, but that's typically what happens. Um, and then again, exhibition games starting on Thursday for the NHL. Um, hopefully everyone makes it through unscathed. And, and then we'll have meaningful sports besides Major League Baseball on Friday and Saturday, respectively.
0: And NHL is going again. So hold on to your hats, guys, because it's only getting better from here um, as long as things keep playing off with pandemic-wise. Hey, we're pumped. This is our very first show talking and and reflecting off of things that were actually happening uh, in the last couple days in real time. Uh, As we said, we had a sports update while we were talking, Travis. That is one of our first. Yeah. Uh, a, a notification that came up while we were interviewing about something that happened right this second. So uh, hopefully way more of those things to come. You know, we're really excited to dive into things as, a, as we get even deeper, especially as we start playing some actual meaningful games. When we get past some of the scrimmages, some of the ex- exhibitions, and we see teams that are fighting for a playoff and two leagues that are going right into the playoffs, essentially. Um, and uh, we look forward to covering it all. So, uh, any last word before I sign us off, Jeff? I got nothing. I think we summed it up pretty succinctly in terms of sports. Beautiful. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening along. If you made it this far, this was episode 17, the first episode where sports is happening in real time. Uh, this is two brothers, talking, or two brothers Talking Sports Podcast. We, as always, appreciate you listening on. Any questions, any feedback? You can find us on social media. Otherwise, we will talk to you next weekend. Look forward. Talk to you soon.